0: It's time for Bless to Play
1: on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire, score! One of the goals of collegiate athletic coaches is to win a national championship. My guest today won a national championship in her first year of coaching lacrosse at Benedictine College. She won an NAIA national championship. Her team provided some stellar moments during that year, but here to talk about this unbelievable achievement and what sets her apart in her everyday life is Claire Hansen. Claire, welcome to Blessed to Play.
0: Thanks, Ron. Thanks for having me. Uh, Happy to be on.
1: So before we get into this national championship season, your journey into lacrosse is quite interesting. In fact, uh, you didn't play lacrosse in high school, you played a lot of other sports, but tell us what attracted you to the sport of lacrosse.
0: Yeah, um, so I grew up in super small town, Kansas. I think I had maybe seen lacrosse on ESPN randomly and I think it was probably even a men's game, not a women's game. Um, and for people who don't know about lacrosse, the men's and women's games are super different. So, um, yeah, I think I went, I always wanted to go to Benedictine. So, um, it's really the only place I applied. And so, once I got to campus, I was just very competitive and wanted something that was a little bit more than intramurals. So, um, <clears throat> I believe on my visit, They mentioned something about lacrosse being a club sport, so um, and they got to travel to. We went to Oklahoma State and Creighton and these places, so it just felt more intense. And so um, I almost didn't want to play though, because you wear skirts in lacrosse, and that kind of was didn't feel um, hardcore to me. But I quickly got over that, and um, yeah, started playing. Great teammates. Yeah, my teammates were my first coaches that kind of taught me how to play. And yeah, my sophomore year, it became a varsity sport on the men's women's side. So um, all of us club kids kind of became that first team.
1: So while migrating from the club level to an intercollegiate sport, I mean, the learning curve that you had to adapt to, but uh, you became quite proficient at the sport. In fact, while playing for Benedictine, you were a first-team all-conference midfielder and a two-time Uh, captain in your junior and senior seasons you built the foundation of the program or helped uh, build a foundation and uh, did quite well with that so you really fell in love with the game of lacrosse and then you wanted to teach the game of lacrosse so when did those aspirations to coach and to uh, help others become the best lacrosse player they could be uh, come to fruition in you
0: yeah um so I think I always wanted to coach. I thought I would maybe uh, be more of a basketball, volleyball, softball coach, the, the sports that I kind of grew up playing. Um, and I, I taught sixth grade for a year after graduating. And so like being in the school environment, um, I, I taught history. So I loved history, but also I knew I could kind of coach as well. Um so while I was teaching, um they don't at the, the district I was at, they didn't allow us to coach at the school because they wanted us to get acclimated with the teaching your first year. Um but then I ended up in the spring coaching uh lacrosse at St. James Academy, which is a high school in Kansas City, and um yeah, I just found myself really thinking about that team and thinking about how I could Help them get better, not just like as players during practice, but doing all the cultural, how to become a better person, and all of all of those things that I wanted to do. And I just wished I had more time with them. Um, so, I just th- through that experience, I w- just thought, you know, I wish I was getting paid to coach lacrosse. And then I thought about my head coach in college and how that's what she was doing. So. Um, Yeah, I kind of talked to her and some other people and decided that that might be better for me in the long run.
1: Blessed to play, Ron Meyer, chatting today with Claire Hansen. She's the women's lacrosse coach at Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas. And uh, so you were a graduate assistant at Benedictine, uh, coaching lacrosse players, obviously. And then Amanda McGee took a job who was the head coach at Rhode Island College so this opened up the spot of head coach and you got the job so here here we go let's talk about this historic season um what led up to the national champion uh coming in as a first-year coach you had to develop the program you impart your own philosophies your methodology talk about the growth of the team and what you were trying to achieve before the season started
0: yeah I think um coach McGee was such a good mentor Um, from the moment that I came back as graduate assistant, she really let me do a lot. And so, um, you know, I was heavily involved with the team for two and a half years before she ended up leaving. Um, but yeah, I think like we were doing most of the same things and I was able to really actually coach. It wasn't like I was running around just getting her coffee. She really invested in me as a coach and so, while the players, you know, she was she was and is a beloved member of our program forever, so they were certainly sad to see her go, but <clears throat> we also knew that we had a good chance and a great team, and so our mission was kind of the same. Um, but honestly, that, that roster in 2022 was arguably the least talented we had had in four <laughs> years. So... Um, certainly in the fall, you would have asked the seniors that we had on the team if we would have won a national championship. They would have thought you were nuts um, just because you're looking at it on paper and it didn't make sense. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it was, we got really better. We got way better over the course of the season, and, and especially those upperclassmen they kind of figured out halfway through that they had to not feel sorry for themselves that maybe the younger players weren't as uh, where they wanted them to be. And it was more about how do I get these people there? And so once they kind of made that decision of, okay, how do I help them get there? um, Those guys really started to shine and we became a much better overall team. So um, we went on spring break and won a really tight game, I think there was like ten seconds left, and we scored like two goals. We were down one, scored two goals, and won that game. And it was it that that's a game that got delayed by like two hours. It was pouring rain. It was epic, <laughs> and winning winning that game I think uh, made everyone believe that we could beat anybody because uh, we beat Life University, and they were one of the top teams in the country at the time.
1: So they bought into Coach Hanson, and then they. The team performed well, and you gave one example of that. And they made it to the national uh, tournament of Southfield, Michigan. I'll take you back there to 2022, uh, the tournament where everybody's, uh, you know, they're gunning for the, uh, the top trophy, uh, all be a national champion, that coveted possession. Talk about the tournament itself and how it went and uh, how you got your team ready to perform during that tournament.
0: Yeah, um, <clears throat> so the whole story of that tournament, there's so many great storylines. Um, we came in in the sixth seed. I don't think a lot of people were thinking about us or uh, really saw us as much of a threat. I mean, we had beaten that one team earlier in the year. Um, <clears throat> but we the the year prior, in 2021, we had absolutely got demolished by – uh, Lawrence Tech, who we would play in the final in 2022. Um, so for our team, really, we just wanted to win the first round. All we were thinking about was the first round and um, playing well. I, I mean, not even really thinking about winning. We just didn't want to play bad. We just wanted to not be embarrassed like we sort of were the year before. Um, and so I was probably the most nervous before that game and all of our players were talking to them about it after we were super nervous for that game. Um, but we came out, played really well. Um, we beat a team, uh, Cumberland, the University of Cumberland out of Kentucky who had beat us. That was the last game that we played before the 2020 season was canceled for COVID. So um, we sort of avenged that. And then the next round was, Scad Savannah, who we had actually never beat. They had beaten us numerous years in the national tournament. They seemed to knock us out every single year except for 2021. So winning that game was huge for the alums and um, kind of just getting the monkey off our back. Um, also in that game, in the first, at the end of the first quarter, uh, one of the best players on our team, Natalie Wechter tore her ACL um, right at the end of the first quarter, and she's our leading scorer, our leading draw taker. Um, so, you know, I remember um, it was also raining d- during that game, but I just remember, you know, the team coming to a timeout right after she had hurt, and she, she was hurt, and she was behind the tent, so they couldn't see her. And uh, they just looked, like, flustered, because she was out, and I just said to them, I think verbatim, I said, "Sis is okay, Um, Uh and you could see, like, the relief on their face, and I didn't know if she was okay, but (laughs) um, I knew she was going to play because that's the kind of kid she is. So, of course, we didn't know her ACL was torn at the time, but she was not as limber as she normally was, but um, she did play in the rest of that game. She played in the national championship game she had a goal after she tore her ACL and she had like three assists in the national championship game. So we won that final four by the skin of our teeth. And then um, in the championship game also avenged, you know, that 2021 loss to Lawrence tech um, uh, with the national championship. So, and that team was undefeated. It was on their home field. Um, Natalie Wechter's brother who was, a Army Ranger was at the game, and he did our uh, pre-game, pregame National Championship speech. Um, the families are super involved with our team. So uh, when an Army Ranger is pumping you up, you know they're ready <laughs> to roll for the National Championship game.
1: Some great stories there. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk about the faith life of this National Champion head coach of Benedictine College Women's Lacrosse. Claire Hansen is with us. Don't go away. You're listening to... Let's to play. He was a scholar, a preacher, a Capuchin Franciscan, and a defender of Christendom. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church St. Lawrence of Brindisi was one of the most respected preachers in the 17th century, but he also helped raise an army against the Ottoman Turks when they invaded Hungary in 1601. He led the troops to victory against the Turks, carrying only a crucifix. He was declared a Doctor of the Church in 1959.
0: To find out more about the Doctors of the Church, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism.
1: EWTN Radio is all over social media. All your favorite programs are available right now on demand for you to listen or download. Check us out on SoundCloud. Look for EWTN Radio. Remember, EWTN is everywhere. This is EWTN Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Claire Hansen. And if you listen to the first half of the show, she's a pretty good coach. In fact, in her inaugural season with Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas, she won a national title with her women's lacrosse team in Southfield, Michigan. What a story that is. Uh, But there's some other stories that we haven't talked about outside the athletic framework, and that is the spiritual journey of of Claire, but also how she integrated her faith life with this team that she coaches at Benedictine. So Claire, I know you're a devout Catholic and you bring your faith with you, uh, especially as a head coach, but uh, faith was always part of your coaching, your coaching philosophy, and you integrated that while coaching your team there at Benedictine.
0: Yeah, I think um, that's a huge reason why I love being at Benedictine is I get to Um, have that be uh, an active part of who I am and get to share that so um, yeah and it really started when I was a player Um, I had some really great teammates who again coming from the club team everybody sort of was at Benedictine already so they were Benedictine kids they um, sort of had that good faith life um, foundation so I can remember, you know, before a conference tournament, our very first year as a program, we really had no idea if we were going to be able to win or not. We knew it was going to be tight, and the winner of that conference tournament would go on to the national national tournament. So I just remember all of us um, on the team going to adoration before that, and um, we had really great team Bible studies. So I was really just um, formed again by the people that were around me. And, um, yeah, it's always been just a really big part of our program. So, uh, it's, it's cool to continue that.
1: Now, I know you have a number of powerful spiritual stories from that 2022 national championship tournament team. Maybe you could share one of those with us.
0: Yeah, I think, um, the rosary seemed to be uh, involved in a lot of these stories, but uh, the first one is uh, again we were so nervous for that first game, and I didn't have an assistant coach. It was really just me, and I didn't know what to do with that like nervous energy. I, I was like, I can't call anyone. Um, the game it, the game was soon. We were about to get on the bus, but there wasn't enough time. And I just like I didn't want to go talk to the players. I don't want to put that nervous energy on them. So I just pulled out the rosary and started praying and pacing around my hotel room. Um, and then when we won, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this every single time. So uh, I did that before every every game. And then um, at the national, uh, the final game, um, I, I had it in my pocket. And this was a rosary that I got in in Rome, um, and it was blessed by Pope Benedict XVI, one of those that, like, smells like roses, so Mm -hmm. I love holding it. Um, But, yeah, it was in my pocket, and we had got a penalty, so when you get a penalty in lacrosse, somebody has to come off the field. Um, So we were a man down, and it was tight, and we were – honestly, it was sloppy, and everybody's turning the ball over, everybody's tired, so – I just pulled that thing out and just held it in my hand and, um, you know, prayed in the last few seconds,
1: so. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Claire Hansen. Once again, she's the coach of the Benedictine women's uh, lacrosse team, won a national championship in 2022, and uh, what's interesting is that after the national championship win, the team attended mass, so this You come together spiritually after this great win. Why don't you talk about that cohesiveness spiritually amongst the team and yourself?
0: Yeah, um, I actually, you know, I got this idea from our women's soccer team. Um, My senior year in college, my best friends played soccer. So they went and played in the national championship game in Orange Beach, Alabama. So some of my friends and I drove down there to see them play and they actually lost um, in that game, and they went to Mass right after the game. So I I thought, you know, win or lose, uh, Mass is going to be the greatest thing that we can do. So um scheduled that to happen, and it seemed like, you know, some people are like, oh, really? Like, that's what you want to do? But I was like, yeah, like, that's exactly, like, no matter the result, that's what needs to happen. So... Um, Yeah, nobody showered. Everybody was still in there, you know, uh, championship T-shirts. And we went straight to Mass. Thankfully, we're in a super nice hotel that had a great big area for us. And um, after the Mass, we had a nice little party. And um, it was cool. Like, not, you know, everybody on our team is in a different spot spiritually. But just to have all the families there as well is a great way to celebrate.
1: Now, after you are on such a high and then you have to come down from that high and now you have to coach and, you know, start up the next season, has this changed you in any way winning a national championship? Uh, are you going to do anything differently or is it the you're just going to be clear and do the thing that you've been doing the whole time?
0: Um, yeah, I think you have to evolve every single year in in what you do. And, you know, we said this even in 2022, that if we didn't win, then we still would have felt very fulfilled by, you know, the relationships that we have, the culture that we have, and just uh, the way that we had, you know, really done everything we could do to be successful that year. And so many players on our team said that. Like, if we, if we lost in the Final Four or in the National Championship game, we would have felt the same, um, which is really easy to say when you did win, um, but last year in 2023, we, we lost in the quarterfinal and I still felt very fulfilled as far as, you know, how everyone treated each other and just the culture and transforming, uh, lives and that those things. But of course you still want to win and we have to evolve and we have to do more and we have to get better. And there's still that desire, but there's a, uh, a, a dual attitude of, you know, doing your best and being fulfilled with um, just, yeah, doing your best and having good relationships.
1: How about some of the players on the team? I know when uh, when I played sports, obviously you have leaders that show up. Uh, some of them are named captain, as you were, Claire, right? But have uh, spiritual leaders come forward now on the team to maybe uh, stress the importance of how much spirituality plays a part in the makeup and the cohesiveness and the chemistry of Benedictine College Women's Lacrosse?
0: Oh, for sure. We always have spiritual leaders, um, you know, and that's something that I sort of look for in recruiting as well. You know, who are those people going to be, um, down the line who are good, Benedictine college fits. And, um, you know, I can think back to my time as a player, we always had those spiritual leaders and certainly on our team. Um, it's interesting. Sometimes they are, we have people in sort of every class we have, senior captain to our, our great spiritual leaders last year, it was Claudia Garcia, who was a senior. Um, and, but we also have younger ones who, um, that's sort of their niche for the team. And it's interesting. I think that's, what's great about our team too, because it doesn't necessarily, sometimes those kids aren't the ones who are playing a lot, but they still have such an important role. And that's something that we always emphasize, um, even if you're not on the field, you know, everybody's got a really important role. Certainly, you know, we want um, people who are selfless, humble, um, but I think it's interesting, you know, w- different positions on the field have different attributes, um, and I talked, I talked with our women's soccer coach about this a lot. Um, you know, there's, I can't remember the name of the test, but they do it in the NFL, and And, uh, like Patrick Mahomes is an Eagle and Eagles are very selfless, but they also have a high degree of confidence and they know how to work with people. Um, but then like a forward in soccer, for instance, might be like a rocket. So huge ego, um, they're a big risk taker. So just like the personality of each position, I think is really important, um, to kind of figure out. So I, I, you know, when I say humble, it's like I still want my, my attackers and the people who are going to score to have big egos because I think you have to. And the best players that we've had have that. Um, but they're also really good teammates and, um, you know, want, want the best for the whole team as a whole.
1: So, Claire, what you're saying is that you have to be a bit of a psychologist too to be a, a coach in sports.
0: Yeah, yeah, you really got to figure out, you know, <laughs> I wish I wish I could give them all uh, a test before, you know, they come to campus or in recruiting, but, um, you know, I don't have a million dollars to spend on that or else I totally would.
1: So tell us about the routine. Uh, you know, how did you get your team to perform at such an optimal level? Is it... Uh... Uh, you know, the strength training to the discipline. Is there? A, can you break it down into a few takeaways on how you get your team ready to perform at an optimal level?
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the strength training. I think we have such a great, uh, you know, staff for strength and conditioning, for athletic training, and the the communication and the collaboration with those people has really been incredible. Um, even in 2022, I learned a lot because when we went on spring break, we win that huge game against life. The di- we had a day of rest in between, but and then we played a uh, another really good team. But we were in shape, but I could tell that we were super fatigued. And, you know, I go to my strength and conditioning coach and, He's like, okay, well, what did they eat? You know, how did they recover? So we really uh, upped, upped our ability to recover when we went to the national championship, and that paid off hugely. Um, we kind of changed what they were eating. We provided them more stuff versus just letting them eat what was in the hotel, um, and then, you know, really invested in some recovery materials, which cost some money, but, You know, at Benedict, and they want you to have the best that is available. So, yeah, the collaboration between strength and conditioning and athletic training is huge. And just the mentality that the weight room also builds, um, I think we certainly work the hardest of anybody in the NAI in terms of how we're conditioning and lifting and and all of that. And when you know that and you go into a game, I mean – the psychological warfare, you're going to win
1: that. So, Battle tested for sure. Well, what a historic season 2022 was for Claire Hansen and Benedictine College women's lacrosse, uh, winning a national championship in their first year coaching. And as you can tell, it's much more than just winning a national championship, but uh, really forming her players to be Good, solid people incorporating her spiritual life in her coaching philosophies. Claire, thanks so much. That is a great, great story. Unbelievable. Uh, First-year coach winning a national championship. Uh, I haven't heard a story like that before, so this is a first for me. But much continued success at Benedictine, and I'm sure you you might win some more. I wouldn't be surprised. Thanks so much for coming on. Blessed to play.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You could like us on Facebook and hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Claire Hansen, I'm Ron Meyer. Thanks so much for joining us right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at Info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed. The number two play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed. The number two play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.